how do we keep top performers on your team? I think that room for growth is one, both personal and professional. The first thing it comes down to is what kind of a leader are you going to be as a business owner? Welcome to Masters of Home Service, a podcast by Jobber. Each week we talk to successful home service entrepreneurs and experts in their field to learn how they built their company so we can make your business more profitable and more efficient. We're in Las Vegas at Blue Wire Studios. And today we're talking about a topic that is very important, which is why top performers leave. And we've all had one leave and it's like a punch the gut, isn't it? So we have uh, David Mormons on the, on the show today. You are the owner of Revive Washing, right? Revive Services, sorry. Yep. And the Home Service Business Coach podcast, the host. That's right, yep. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, my man. I'm excited. Me too. And Raquel Lindsay, welcome Hello. to show, the show. You, are, you actually received the, the Jobber Grant this year yes. for Career Builder. Yes. Uh, that must have been pretty cool. It was absolutely amazing. We were we were pretty surprised to receive it, so and we were so grateful. Well, you earned it, and you're you're built uh, you're building an awesome business. Thank so you. your business is called Sparkle and Shine, and you're out of Michigan, is that right? Grand Rapids, Michigan. Awesome. Yes. Well, but welcome to you both. So, have you guys ever had uh, an a top performer leave? Yes or no? Absolutely. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that because it. Man, it can really bring down your morale as a leader. You've got this guy, this woman who's just killing it for you. You think you're on the same page and then poof, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, it, it can feel like everything's going to crumble. How do we keep top performers on your team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll jump in. I mean, I think the first thing it comes down to is what kind of a leader are you going to be as a business owner? Because you can never attract you know, talent that is already at a higher echelon than you are as a leader. So I think a lot of us really need to learn and say, hey, where are we at in our own development? And then we can set a game plan to attract people. Because we all have trades businesses, home service businesses. Our product is actually our deliverables, which are our people. So it is like of utmost importance that we nail this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that room for growth is one, both personal and professional. I think that that they feel valued and that they feel like the work that they do matters and that they feel seen by the owner and by management as well. What do top performers want in a company? I think being affirmed is huge. So having a system of reward, of encouragement. Some of the things we do at Sparkle and Shine is we um, try to create a culture of celebration and encouragement. And so when our team does something really well, especially our top performers, we stop and we celebrate it, whether it's something big or something small. We put it in our team chat. We do jazz hands (laughs) (laughs) with them. We give out badges. We have what we like to call our shine wall. And um, we have badges for different levels of achievement. And so when everybody like comes, what? What, what, are, what are those? I want to hear more mm-hmm. about that, yeah. actually. So we have, when they've completed training, they get a badge. We're part of an organization called Cleaning for a Reason, and we clean for cancer patients. They get a badge when they do that. Mm. When they are seen doing something well, they get a badge for that. When they get a five-star Google review, which we all love, yeah, <laughs> they get a badge those. for that. When they are what we call a team player, and there are certain things that go into them being a team player, they get a badge for that as well. We also have a big star, it's like a will, and when they get a client compliment or they get a five-star review, we put that up there for everybody to see. 
I think people just want to know that what they do matters and that we aren't just coming to them when something goes wrong, but that we're putting, making those deposits into them over time and building those relationships so that when something does go wrong, we can, we can talk to them and they receive it well. Yeah, that's so well said. I think as a business owner, you've got to figure out, number one, what is the culture that I'm actually building for us? One of the, the tech resources we use is a product called Slack. And so in Slack, we've got our communication there. We'll have a channel for our reviews. And every time there's a Google review, office manager screenshots it, drops it in there, tags our two technicians. They both get a bonus. And we even pay double when the names get dropped for our technicians. So if Conrad and Josh get mentioned, they just doubled up their bonus, what they get. Yeah, we do that too. Um, 20, 20 bucks each. So it's like the easiest money. So I have made that program because I want my service teams incentivized all around an amazing client experience. So we're not providing good enough, it's amazing. And let's go high level here. This goes right to our core values. You need to have values that your company is rooted in. For us, we have a core value of excellence. And that is, we don't do jobs just good enough, Adam. It needs to be a home run. It needs to be a 10 out of 10 experience. And so we're going to put rewards around that. When clients give us a thumbs up and a digital high five on Google, our employees are gonna see that on their paycheck. So again, rooted like right back to culture. Yeah, I like to say every client deserves our best, not every, almost every client. Yep. If you clean 10 houses and nine of them are great and the last one gets kind of so-so, they don't care the first nine were good. Right. <laughs> if I go to McDonald's and order a burger, I want mine to taste good. I don't care about that guy's burger. Yeah. Every client deserves our best. Mm -hmm. yep. So what are some other things that can cause a top performer? Remember, th this by definition, this is a person who's excelling in your company. Mm -hmm. They're doing presumably all the right things. Mm -hmm. What else could cause them to leave? Lots. I mean, I'll quickly break down the different kinds of employees you have. Okay. So I always tell everyone there's only four kinds of employees you can have. Okay. You have an all-star, high skill, high commitment to the company. We want more all-stars. Okay. Mm -hmm. You've got Mavericks, high skill, low commitment to the company. And a lot of you might be nodding along. Those guys <laughs> can crush out jobs, great charge rates. They can charm clients internally. These guys are cancerous. These girls are cancerous to your organization. Mm -hmm. Then you've got a loyal worker. Loyal workers are low skill, very committed to the company. Okay, let's coach those guys and girls up, great. And then you've got low performers. Low skill, also not really committed. You, <laughs> they, need to, they need to go. They gotta go, you gotta coach them out the door. So I always look internally and I say, okay, which type is Josh right now? And I will find when a business owner mismanages their company and they let the Mavericks take over, you start having all-stars tend to leave. So. Um, it is so important. I like to tell our team, we're running a leadership development company that happens to clean gutters. We want to grow our people. And I've always said, best compliment, hands down to any employee you can give, added responsibility. Hey, boss. Hey, Adam, what more can I take on? What can I take off your plate? We want to see where people's leadership ceilings fall. And it's our job as owners to figure that out. Yeah. I would say if you're an employee listening to this right now, there are some listening the very best thing you can say to your boss is what more what else can i do mm -hmm. what else can i do mm -hmm. what else can i do uh not for extra pay yet but what else can i do boss loves that and that that shows that they are ready for the next level instead of having to like wonder who's ready that person's hungry that person's ready what are, what's the cost of keeping around low performers i think that like the the word he used earlier was cancer <laughs> it can be a cancer inside of your team 
because the those team team members that are working their butts off, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> making sure that they are being a top performer, they're looking like, okay, I'm over here working my butt off, but we've got this per person over here who's slacking off. We actually had a time in our business where we had some people who were low performers, and I had some team members come to me and say, you know what? This isn't fair to the rest of the team. Right. And so we, we came together and we put down, similar to what you were saying earlier, a plan where we have A players, B players, and C players. And we look at what are those qualities and what are the rewards of being an A player, a B player. And for the C players, we say, what are the possibilities? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because we decided we don't want C players to be on our team. I think it's low productivity. It kills team morale client complaints, so loss of revenue, a whole lot of things. Can I jump in on this and kind of an example where I've actually fumbled it here? I'm sharing transparently. I had a technician on a crew that produced for me $330,000 in a year. So we're making great money, highest producing technician. And we had him on our team for, for a number of years because, again, Maverick qualities, great skill, right? Mm -hmm. But didn't play great with the other team members. I kept that member on my team for too long, and it actually – held back the growth, I would say, of growing our other people on the team. Mm -hmm. And every time I keep a Maverick on too long, uh, it ends up kicking me in the butt. But mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and watching this and you tend to be an owner that's a little bit conflict averse, as I am, I, I'm very optimistic. Everyone plays good. Maybe that Maverick will improve their behavior. They'll change. They'll change. Oh, no. Yeah. You, have to be, <laughs> you have to be so objective, just black or white. Is this person making the boat go faster and better? If they're not, you have to have that hard conversation. And that's something mm -hmm. I've had to learn as a leader. The revenue is not the end-all, be-all for decision makers. Mm -hmm. You've got to protect that culture. You're working so hard to build. Yeah. Because here's the deal. We, the people in this room, we don't want to work with low performers. No. And our people, especially our top performers, don't want to either. Mm -hmm. No one likes working with duds. This is what I tell our interview people. We, we don't want duds in our organization. And top performers will leave if they're surrounded by duds. It's just how human beings work. Yeah. And so as the leader of the organization, it's your job to get rid of the duds before you lose the, the good one. Because mm -hmm. they, they will leave. The dud will hang out forever. They'll hang around forever and ever and ever. Hey, Masters of Home Service listeners. We've got some exciting news for you. Jobber Summit is back on March 6th. Jobber Summit is a free online event that helps home service business owners and management teams reach new heights of success. Enjoy a day of learning with expert speakers covering in-demand topics that will strengthen your business and leadership skills no matter what stage of business you're in. Plus, live networking with other home service pros who get what you're building. Secure your spot and register for free today at jobber.com summit. How do you guys measure retention rates and like, do you guys have a lot of turnover? How do you keep people on? Are there incentives for keeping people on, on board long term? Yeah, I mean, for us, we, we turn over probably about 20% of our team, give or take, per year. Now, that's not always because, you know, Revive is a terrible place to work and Dave's not a good boss. It can be, hey, this person moved out of country or, hey, their spouse got a job and they had to relocate, whatever the case may be. So we work really hard to preserve the core of our team year round. And then we will add some seasonal staff when we do get quite busy. But one ninja hack that's worked well for us is doing biannual one-on-one -on -one sit downs with our team members. So it'll be offsite out of the office, usually a local Starbucks. And we've made a really simple survey. It's free. It's an app called JotForm. You can get, I know we want to be specific. Mm -hmm. So guys, check out JotForm. You can make a free survey similar to a Google form. 
and we print that out and we give our employee, you know, 15 minutes on their own just to fill it out. Manager will go get them coffee, hang out, and then they'll have a discussion around it. And it's anonymous among the management team, but we want to get real-time feedback from our team. And some of our greatest innovations we've made as a company have come directly from our team in the field. Because sometimes we think, oh, Dave will come up with a new system around this. No, like talk to your people on the front lines because generally uh, the opportunity in your business is locked in their brain and you need to give them kind of a platform they can actually give some real-time feedback. That's great. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some of the things we do as well is to try to incentivize you know, them staying and asking a lot of questions. So when I looked at what is it more benefits that we needed to offer, when I asked my team, what are some of the things that you all need? I'm trying to make sure we had health benefits, dental, mm. and but they didn't. They don't, care. they don't need those, you mm. know. And looking at the different generations, what do, what do millennials want? <laughs> you know, what do Gen Xers want is different for each one. And so we actually use an app called Automate Motivate. Me too. And yeah, Come I on. love Automate on. Motivate. You have different achievements, and they can win different awards. And so we ask them what is it that you want to win? And so what we did is we made it to where they have to earn these points and it takes a little time to get there. And so they love that. But I think it's really talking to your team to figure out what are the things that they want. And I think that even makes them feel affirmed and makes them feel valued because it's like, oh, they want to know what do we want? And that makes them stay longer as well. Yeah. Great leaders are great listeners. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of viewers and listeners to this podcast may have to look in the mirror and say, when is the last time you actually asked your team members, what's in it for them? What do they want? How mm -hmm. is what I'm constantly asking our team members. How are you enjoying your job? How can I support you better? And how can we make your job better? And I'm a big numbers guy. So a lot of times I'll say, hey, Josh, zero to 10, how much are you enjoying your job? David to seven. Okay, there's a 30% gap. What mm -hmm. can we do? as a management team to close that gap because Raquel nailed it. It's not all about pay. Um, you've got to figure out, it's that acronym I've said, with them, what's in it for me, right? Mm -hmm. That's what employees are asking. And guys, we have the resources as small business owners to kind of stack the deck in the employee's favor because you go work at a thousand person company, probably not a lot of room to advance and take on responsibilities. So like you get your voice heard in a small business. It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the better question for the podcast is not why do top performers leave? It's which top performer are you talking about? Each one is different. Mm -hmm. So each top performer is going to have different motivations for staying and going. I like what Raquel said in the very beginning, which was they generally, pretty much every top performer wants a track. They want to know what the next yeah. step for promotion is. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard to find a top performer who's okay with just staying where they are. Mm -hmm. 100%. And so, uh, but that takes work. That takes the leader sitting down one night with some peace and quiet and sketching out, okay, what are the levels here? Where can he go? I'm, I can't just shoot from the hip here and start promising things at Starbucks. I got to know yeah. because it needs to be the same thing for the next guy too. It can't yeah. always be shifting around and changing. And you can't even talk about employee advancement until you figured out what are you building here, right? What is the vision? We do a three-year vision for our company. And what's the organizational chart? So exactly to your point, like, what is the path here? Like for us, we've got technician, lead technician, production manager. Those are the three tracks you can be on. All different pay, all different responsibilities. But that, if you're on the service team, that is your track. We have the same in the office as well. So like business owners, I, I always like to say like, 
just hit pause on your business and like it's not about going and cleaning the next window or the next gutter like shut it down hit pause and like rebuild this thing from the start because you don't just magically get rock stars wanting to join your company like you've got to reverse engineer it and stack the deck in their favor Mm-hmm. At our company, um, our growth track, we have technicians, we have team leads. Something we're about to launch is our deep cleaning specialist. We have trainers and we have a training manager, and we're also going to have an employee retention specialist. And, and like you said, David, it is taking a minute to sit down to look at, okay, where are we going? What, what is the vision for our company? And who are the people we need in place to get there? Mm-hmm. Let's take a minute to talk about a platform that we all love, Jobber. Raquel, David, if someone's not using Jobber, why should they start using Jobber today? I would say if a company wants to take their um, brand to that next level, they should use Jobber because it brings a level of professionalism, a look of professionalism to their business. It helps to streamline things. We love the automation, the follow-ups that we can send, the emails and the texting as well. Uh, For me, I started my business for two reasons, more time freedom and more income. And if you like more time freedom and more income, you would get on Jobber. I'm five years in, 5,000 projects in, and I can run my business anywhere in the world. So time and income, if you like that, don't mess around and get on it. Yeah, and don't wait, right? Do it today. I would do it today, yeah. Get out of the Stone Age. I mean, this is uh, <laughs> right. this is 2024 here, guys. Come on. If you want to run a legitimate business, you need to have a platform like Jobber. And I'll quickly jump in. I'm actually Dutch by background. So if I can save a dollar, Adam, I'm going to do it. (laughs) But I'm going to invest in this software because that's how much I need it. Right. Exactly. Well said. I I agree with both those takes. You need to use Jobber too. Go to jobber.com slash podcast deal. New subscribers can get an exclusive discount and you need to sign up today. It'll make your whole business more efficient, more profitable, and you'll get more money and your time back. I want to hammer this home uh, one more time before we move on to a slightly different topic top performers leaving, are there anything else that you can think of that our listeners need to know? Because I view these at, these reasons as like potholes in the grass, yeah. ankle ankle twisters, you know, but we can tell our listeners where those holes are so they don't step in them. Are there any other mistakes they could make that would cause their, their eagle to fly away? Yeah, I'll jump in. And I didn't make this up. This is one of my favorite, like we're talking about HR, human resources here. How do you keep your people there's a famous author, his name's Patrick Lencioni, and he writes a number of books on human resources. He wrote a book, Three Signs of a Miserable Job. One of my favorite. Okay, mm-hmm. Dave, what are the three? Just tell me, I'm taking notes. Cool. Let's see if I can remember. <laughs> Let's hear them, come on. One is anonymity, okay? So I'm anonymous. Like, do you even see the work I'm doing? It, hello, do you see me? You're employee 47, like, no, you're Josh, and you've got a golden retriever, and you like to go to happy hour with your yes. girlfriend on. Okay, cool. Yes. Learn three things about each employee, like just outside of the workplace. Because again, we're, we're all people. We want to be seen, okay? Two is irrelevance. Does my job even matter, Adam? I don't, I don't know. Does anyone see me? Kind of back to point number one. Mm-hmm. Um, is this relevant? Guys, we're building a big vision here for us. We give 3% of our revenues to sponsor global water projects in Cambodia. Mm. It's pretty relevant if you ask me. Like People are into that. And the last one's immeasurement. Do, am I doing a good job? I don't know. How many reviews should I be getting? How much should my truck be producing? What is an acceptable callback rate? How do I know if I'm doing a good job? So those would be the three reasons that that book talks about. Again, I didn't make this stuff up, but I love studying this because no one's creating anything new here. You need to look at learning to be a great manager of people. Because mm-hmm. just because you know how to paint a house or mow a lawn, 
probably not a great manager of people. So you've got to learn that and then apply it to your trade. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, that's so good. Patrick Lanchoni is the man. He, yeah. <laughs> right for, now. for human resources, I don't think you can, you can beat it. There's simple books, straight to the point, and I highly recommend. So that's helped me a lot in bringing on people. And one thing I will say, I've been doing this 15 years. You're never fully arrived as you're great at managing people. You're mm-hmm. always just getting better. So it's however far ahead you are, you're always just a work in progress. And I think keeping a level of humility with that too, because mm-hmm. people want to join into like a vision and a mission where you're going and they don't want to follow some egotistical leader where you're just a number. So like, I think what we're saying is get out of your way and like get to know your staff a bit. You know, one of the things that I had to learn, I don't like conflict. (laughs) I really had to learn that as a good leader that I have to hold people accountable and having those tough conversations and making sure I'm not waiting, but doing it right away because that fosters trust and it really helps the person feel like, you know, you really want me to succeed. I think growing as a leader, I'm doing all the things to make me better so that I can be better for my team and help them to be better is so important as well. Because if if I don't know how to lead people, then then they're going to see that and they're going to leave. If they see that I lack confidence as a leader, they're going to see that they need for their, their leader to be confident and to be a good leader so that they can be confident in what they're doing as well. Yeah, something I've learned as well in, in this is we tend, at least I do, I'll, I'll say we, we tend to develop new people more, it's more interesting interesting to us because they make such big gains early on. Mm-hmm. Our top performers know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so their gains are very incremental, very small. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't seem as rewarding for us. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason people leave their top performers is because we stopped growing them. Because we're so obsessed with the huge gains with other people. So they're like, don't even pay attention to me anymore because I don't know why. And part B of that, I think, is we need to keep their, if they're a top performer, we need to find a way to keep them not interested, but challenged. Mm -hmm. Because top performers want to keep uh, expanding their knowledge, expanding their ability. Mm -hmm. Uh, That might be technically, that might be uh, socially with other employees, that might be people skills, whatever it is. You have to develop your people. And in the beginning, it's, hey, this is how you wash a window. But after two years with a top performer, it might be, hey, that conversation needed to go like this instead, right? 100%. <laughs> you were too harsh. You were too quick to judge. You jumped to conclusions, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a lot harder than, hey, this is how you wash a window. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's more important. Yes. Yeah, you got to teach your, your team the soft skills. We actually have a book club at our business where we will pay an employee to read a book and also we'll buy the book for them because mm-hmm. exactly what you said, Adam, like, we got the tacit skills down pat. We can clean a window. We can prep a house for painting. How about how you talk to clients, right? You know, how to win friends and influence people. Great book. Mm-hmm. If you have a manager, you want to be your integrator, rocket fuel. Like we have mm-hmm. 10 books that I'm just like, mm-hmm. cool, this is the track. You're reading this and we're, we're paying you to do this because it is about, you're not listening to this show to grow your business. I, I say you grow yourself as a person. Your business is literally just a trailer towed behind your truck because you level up as a leader, you will find your business will grow as well. So if I'm looking at my direct reports, they could clean windows faster, great, and I'll be happy. I'd be way more thrilled if they grow themselves as people and leaders because that's where the real growth starts to happen in the company. Totally. We have a weekly meeting every Monday morning, and we started started this book thing a while back. And the first book we read was a sales book, Sandler Selling System. 
and we read it 15, 20 minutes every Monday morning. It took us about five months to get through it. Yeah. Or maybe not that long. And they loved it. They loved the fact that I was taking precious time for them to learn these sales skills. We finished that book. Now we're reading The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lynchoni. Yes. If they become more mature people and they become better leaders and they become happier, then we all win, right? Mm -hmm. We all win. And it's worth that time. And so I think any, anything we do intentionally to grow our team will inherently cause them to want to stay because they see the leader investing in them. And that really matters. This is great. Any uh, any final thoughts here on keeping top performers in your company? I think what you what you talked about is that one-on-one -on -one meeting and building relationship is so important. We had one of our top performers to leave because she was really having some personal things going on in her life and it was a it was a huge loss to us. Mm. <laughs> but I knew about these things. I was able to walk alongside her during that time. She, you know, and at some point she does want to come back, but just being able to walk alongside her to let her know that she matters and that she cares, that she's seen, I think is one of the reasons that she wants to, to be able to come back later on. Mm. So I, I think really fostering good relationship and really letting your team know that they care is important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say like, I think as home service business owners, we love getting new clients and new employees. I think really fostering the relationships with the ones that you have is just so key. And one thing that's worked well for me from a recruiting standpoint is, is very simple. You go on Indeed and you actually see, okay, what are people paying for a similar position? I've found cranking that up by 15%, one five, you get great people. And, and I found I've been doing this for many years where you end up paying higher than the industry average. I think you will attract better people to your opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes about how do you nurture them and how do you move them to the goal? But you know, a small business means a big opportunity. We tell our people that you can move up the organizational chart quickly. And whether you're with us for a season or 10 seasons, I want to equip you with skills that will serve you while you work in my company. And also when you move on one day, you're going to have skills for life. And I just think in home services, business owners aren't doing this. So I think you have a unique opportunity. That's a great point that you made earlier about uh, we love we love getting new leads. We love hiring new people. But what do they say? The best customer is a customer you already have. Yeah. Don't go out and get new leads. Invest in the customer your customer list, right? Same thing. Invest in the people that you already have. Mm -hmm. and don't overlook them to the new guy. Invest in what you have. That was a really great conversation. I'm going to summarize what we talked about in three actionable steps. Number one, build a culture of recognition. People want to be recognized for the work they do. It means it matters, and it means that other people are seeing it. So whether it's rewarding them for a five-star review, using an app like Raquel mentioned of Automate Motivate for XP and, and points and gamifying the, the work environment, there are things you can do to build a culture of recognition. Number two, fire your poor performers. Fire them. They will make your top performers leave, and then you'll only have low performers left. You don't want that. Number three, ask your team how they're doing. David mentioned scale of one to 10, how you doing? Number seven, okay, there's 30% improvement. Find out what that is for each employee, and then over the next 90 days, address those issues. Because you, you're not, not, not necessarily making their job easier, but you can make it better. You can make it better. 100%. So that's what you want. Any final thoughts on those uh, final thoughts there, guys? I think you nailed it, Adam. I think yeah. just keeping things simple is, is the way to do it. I think we're pretty good at 
building new processes and programs and overcomplicating things. So I think, you know, the listeners know what they got to do and keeping things simple is, has always served me well. Yeah. Keep it simple. Thanks for being here, guys. This was a great episode. How do people find out more about you guys? Raquel? Um, they can find us at www.sparkleandshinecleaningservices.net. We are on all social media platforms as well. And I'd be home service business coach, all social channels and homeservicebusinesscoach.com. You can see me there. You guys are really making a difference. So thank you. Your employees matter, your, your staff, your clients, the whole marketplace that you're working in is better because you guys are entrepreneurs. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. So thank you for doing it. The hard thing, it really makes it really moves the needle. Thanks you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And thank you to the listeners for listening today. I hope you heard something that will help you make your business more profitable and more efficient and keep top performers. I'm your host, Adam Sylvester. You can find me at adamsylvester.com. Remember, your team and your clients deserve your very best. So go give it to them. We'll see you next week.